Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone in the world that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. And I'm super excited today to have Dr. Lucy Xenophone on the show. Um, Dr. Xenophone is the Chief Transformation Officer at Mount Sinai St. Luke's. She's also the Director of Lean Lab, which she'll go into in a little bit, but most importantly, Dr. Xenophone, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, um, as you know, we love to talk about origin stories. If you can tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, what, what are the series of steps that you, um, you went through to get you to where you're at today? Yeah, my journey was definitely not linear. It was uh, circular and... Um, uh, all around the block and back, I think I really uh, started my journey just by understanding for myself what drives me. And I realized that I have a very strong sense of visual. I love art, I love colors, I love symmetry, I love proportion. And um, I realized that uh, after the fact, but I realized that that is what attracted me to become a diagnostic radiologist. I absolutely loved uh, the images. I loved being able to kind of look at a t 2D image and think in 3D and spent the majority of my uh, career as diagnostic radiologist. Uh, in about the last five years or so of my clinical work, I started to really think about process. Um, as I saw many of the processes around me having either defects or opportunities for improvement. And I actually volunteered, uh, which uh, maybe has, wasn't the smartest thing in the world, but I volunteered to be the director of process improvement for my department. And I say that kiddingly because it actually changed very much my uh, career trajectory. And I actually do not regret that I volunteered to do that at all. It, ha it honed my sense of understanding health waste in healthcare, and it really gave me an opportunity in a real way to start to work toward a goal of zero harm. Part of the um, pleasure, I think, of being a radiologist is that many, many, many specialties come to you. You're the hub of a lot of clinical activity, and that allowed me to both understand their vertical uh, specialties and how each of those specialties was thinking, but it also allowed me to be the catalyst for horizontal thinking across the specialties. And that is really important when you're thinking about how to best deliver healthcare. Some people call that silos, um, but really being in that hot seat in radiology, the silos of siloed care became very apparent. Um, when my children went to college a few years later, I got the bug to go back to school and I enrolled in a master's of public health program at the Mailman School of Public Health of Columbia University. And that opened a whole new world to me. Uh, in medical school, I never learned about operations or about management of healthcare organizations. and. Being in that program in particular 
made me realize how much opportunity there was for physicians in particular to have a seat at the table and to really, from their own experience, drive some changes that could eventually change and improve the way that we deliver healthcare. And it would be for me, and it was for me, not just one patient at a time, as it was for me as a radiologist reading one scan at a time, but I was able to start thinking about improving systems. And ultimately, when you improve systems, you're able to look at broader goals like improving access to care, improving safety, improving quality, improving flow. Um, While there are many flows in healthcare, and ultimately to reduce waste and to be great financial stewards. So those changes were not planned in my life and they just sort of happened and I took advantage of them and landed in a great place. I was uh, in a class with a person whom I deeply respect. It's um, Mr. Arthur Gianelli, who's the president of Mount Sinai St. Luke's. And at the time, he was the CEO of New Health, which is a safety net hospital on Long Island. And he gave me the opportunity to run the lean lab, their first lean lab at New Health. And I did that for a few years. And when Art was recruited to Mount Sinai St. Luke's, he recruited me to Mount Sinai. And I started uh, the first lean lab for the Mount Sinai Health System right here at St. Luke's. And it's been a a five-year experiment in how can you use process improvement to improve management and also to be able to um, engage staff and to culturally transform. So for me, I've had a wonderful journey. Super exciting. And um, I I really appreciate, you know, hearing your your background about, you know, um, from where you started off from uh, from a clinical perspective. And, you know, it seems like, you know, going back and focusing on process improvement and training in that area in a deeper way, you know, it's almost like a mindset shift, right? You know, and it's almost like you're, you're instilling this mindset shift in your, in your organization. Um, along those lines, yeah, it's, it's, it's very fascinating what process improvement can do and how it can transform a, um, a provider and the different, you know, silos and break down those silos. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about one or two areas that you're focused on today that has you really passionate and excited. Well, You know, we are building what we call a lean management system. And what I mean by that uh, is that we have been putting building blocks, if you will, for the past five years to get to the point where our staff from the front line, both clinical, non-clinical, ambulatory, and inpatient, are all rowing in the same direction. And we've done that in a few ways. Uh, We have opened up our lab, and it's a space that looks like a training center where we hold workshops for our frontline to work with leadership and managers to look carefully and critically at current state processes and to figure out ways in which those processes can be improved At the same time and in parallel, we run multiple training sessions, uh, which we have called BELT, uh, similar to 
the way that Six Sigma does. But just to be clear, in Lean, there are no international standards for belt, but we've decided to call them belt. And so our green belt is a very early introductory class for our frontline staff and others. And then we have a mandatory class, which we call bronze belt, for our managers. And the point of classes is to get everyone speaking in the same language, to get everyone to understand um, how to use basic data, to get everyone to understand that when they come to work, their job is to both do the work and improve the work. And in the Bronze Belt class, what we do is we teach our managers how to identify if there is a problem, what is the problem, how to narrowly define the problem, how to define a scope for improving, how to work with teams, how to do simple tests of change and to monitor and audit those changes, and then how to sustain those changes. And in that way, we feel that rather than having a small group of facilitators, and there are four on my team, we've basically enabled and engaged a, an entire army, if you will, of staff from frontline to managers, physicians and above to understand not only the tools, but the philosophy of improvement. And so by doing that, we feel that we will be able to improve both safety and quality, which are completely interlocked with patient experience. And so that is our ultimate goal to have an extremely high reliability organization. Super, super great to hear. Yeah, no, and it's exciting the work that you're doing. And it it does, you know, definitely seem like it could apply to, you know, so many providers and hospitals out there. Just just curious, um, do you see, obviously, two things, maybe for our listeners out there, a quick high level difference of Six Sigma versus Lean, you know, why and how the approach could differ for, for different providers out there. And what do you see as, as, you know, some turning points to more adoption of Lean throughout other hospital systems and hospitals across the country? So sorry, that's like four sure. questions in <laughs> one, but... <laughs> I'll, tr- I'll try to remember all of the questions. And if I can't <laughs> um, so... Um, With Six Sigma, usually we're referring to looking at changes in variation. And most of the work in Six Sigma requires some mathematics and statistics. And there's definitely great value in having that approach in your toolbox for certain very specific types of um, improvement efforts. What Lean is, as as different than Six Sigma, it's a methodology and a philosophy of looking to reduce waste so that you improve value for the customer. And so you really need to define what is waste, and you need to define what is value, and you need to define what is the customer. And we have some specific definitions that we take our staff through that are common throughout all hospitals, I believe, throughout the world, that and actually other industries as well that practice lean. The great beauty of Lean and the reason that we've landed on Lean here at St. Luke's is that it's very accessible. And I 
joke all the time that my title of Chief Transformation Officer was not one that I chose, but that was given to me. And if I were to choose, I would have chosen Senior VP of Common Sense. Because basically, that is what lean is. It's common sense, and that is what we are trying to、um, impart. And it's the type of process improvement work that we're easily able to、um, get buy-in from and great enthusiasm for from all levels of our organization, from our、uh, food and nutrition workers to our、uh, housekeepers to our Surgeons, so it's just a very equalizing type of methodology that's very easily understood by most people. Super helpful. Thank you for yeah. No, for our listeners out there, definitely. I think contrasting the difference between the two helps out a ton. And、uh, yeah, no, it really does feel like it's a it's a mindset. And you know, it's interesting that we need. Uh, you know, really good methodologies and processes like this to scale that common sense、uh, thinking, you know, at a greater level. And it sounds like an actual step for anyone, you know, listening to this episode or show is, you know, really defining what's waste and what's a value. Which, you know, if you think about it, you know, I mean, how many how many businesses are out there don't really take a deep breath and pause and really just start there, right, with the definition. Um, Dr. Xenophone,、um, can you tell us a little bit about your vision? Of healthcare in the future, what has you passionate or excited about the future? What possibilities are out there? Maybe some things that you're believing right now in healthcare that haven't been proven yet.、Uh, just love to hear a little bit more about your vision of the future. Yeah, so、um, the future is kind of now.、Uh, there are two really、uh, extreme, rapid changes that are happening in healthcare, in my opinion. The first one is low tech, and the other is high tech.、Uh, the low tech, I think, is this pro- this process improvement, high reliability thought process that hospital after hospital is beginning to really understand and realize.、Um, being able to be、uh, networked with many of my colleagues around the country, and frankly, around the world, who are using this type of、uh, Philosophy and toolset. I realize that more and more、uh, healthcare organizations、uh, understand and increasingly understand the need for leadership, in particular, to deeply understand that work that's being done—the work of their patients,、uh, the needs of their patients, the needs of the caregivers—and、um, understand that there's no substitute for going to what we call in the lean world the gemba, where the place where value is created, to see and understand process. Obstacles and opportunities, and that low-tech、uh, combination of being able to have leadership、uh, basically create a more、uh, humble approach to leadership, if you will, and、uh, enabling and empowering frontline staff to be experts、uh, to work collaboratively with leadership. I believe、uh, is magic, and I see it happening more and more. Um, in healthcare organizations、uh, throughout the country, the high tech part of this really has to do, I think, 
with data. And uh, I believe one of the major components of a daily management system, which I, I didn't mention before, but I'd like to mention now, is that um, we are able uh, with the data to create some transparency and that we're able to integrate real-time data with a management strategy. And the way that we do that here at St. Luke's is that we've created what we call our daily management center. Um, we are an Epic hospital and we've been an Epic hospital since March of 2018, so almost a year. And what we did was in order to harness some of the important information that's input into the uh, electronic medical record, we created multiple dashboards, 10 of them, each one with a theme, and we have them on each themed tile, we call them tiles, each themed tile, there are 10 of them, are located in our daily management center. So each tile is uh, a large uh, screen, I think they're 60 inch uh, diameter screens, and those tiles in real time update data that multidisciplinary teams here have come together to say, this is the information that we need to drive the business. And the information is both clinical and non-clinical. And what that allows us to do is to have shared decision-making. It allows transparency and it allows teams that otherwise wouldn't understand or know what the other is doing to actually work together. And so we come together, for example, every morning in a safety huddle. And in that safety huddle, approximately 25 managers, directors, supervisors, and such will report out safety issues from the past 24 hours or potential safety issues in the next 24 hours. And they use that data to ground the conversation. So that's super, super exciting. It's very new. And I believe it's the first center in the country to be using data, real-time data for lean daily management. So we're very, very excited about that. And I guess the next step, the next step in this will be the use of predictive analytics. And I know there are many, many uh, data scientists throughout the country and the world who are working on predictive analytics and machine learning. But I do see uh, the potential value for this. It's actually intoxicating to think about it. Um, for example, what if we were able to predict census? Uh, many of us who work in healthcare, we already know, uh, oh, well, it's going to be the 4th of July, and so we know we're going to be busy, or it's going to be New Year's Eve, and we know we're not going to be busy, or um, there's going to be a flu season, and so we know our emergency room volume will come up. So what if we were able to more carefully and more accurately predict census. And if we could do that, then maybe we could predict staffing and we could predict the need for additional resources. So that's one thing. And um, we have our data scientists looking into whether we could in fact do that. And then another thing that we're working on is clinical. And we have a center for excellence in cardiac care. It's called um, Mount Sinai Heart. And we are working with some of our top clinicians in uh, heart failure care. And so what we're working on right now is, can we predict at admission the length of stay for a patient with a chronic disease like heart failure? Can we base it on 
algorithms that predict mortality? Can those algorithms be used as a proxy, if you will, to predict length of stay for heart failure patients? And can we create milestones in a standard care plan to see whether patients who are admitted with heart failure, what happens? Do they actually hit those milestones? When do they hit those milestones? Will that allow us to predict remaining length of stay? And can machine learning help us understand our particular population? And if other organizations are doing something similar, understanding how is our population different from other populations and what are the other variables. I think this would be really important uh, to do, one, because it would help us to reduce excess days, which is one of the wastes in healthcare. It would help us for, to plan for resources, and it would really help us to understand if a patient has fallen off um, the path for the most optimal care as defined by our clinicians. So there's super exciting uh, work that's just on the horizon. And um, I don't know, maybe if we speak a year from now, I'll be able to hopefully to say, yeah, we've, you know, we've implemented something that's very promising, but we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Xenophon. And this is really powerful. I think you've, you've summarized a lot of your you know, philosophies, your background, and the culmination of, a, of all the different dif disciplines that you t uh, touched upon, and not just touched upon, but have led throughout your career and bring that leadership in the, in the center of it all, right? So transformation, process improvement, technology, obviously the foundational part is people and leadership and clinical, uh, clinical grounding. And uh, so it's really exciting to see what you guys are investing in, what you're investing in, and the efforts and projects that you're doing at Mount Sinai, you know, to put these pieces together. And obviously, we'd love to have you back on the show in the future as these projects come to fruition so you can recap and share with our audience. Um, uh, and along those lines, if, if our audience wanted to engage with you <laughs> and hear a little bit more and, 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 and meet with you or connect with you, what would be a great way to engage with you? Um, I could share my email. I'd be happy to share my email. And um, I meet people all the time. Uh, folks come from all over to speak with me, to come to the Lean Lab, um, to see the Daily Management Center. It's uh, quite uh, interesting. And I love having folks visit me because every set of fresh eyes gives me additional ideas. So mm -hmm. it's actually a two-way street. I love to teach, but I love to be taught. And so I welcome uh, meeting with um, anybody who's interested in my work. Great, great. Well, uh, Dr. Xenophone, thank you so much. This was, uh, you know, powerful to hear the different dimensions out of all the episodes we've we've done. We we've never had an opportunity to really go deep on, you know, these these uh, important critical pieces of process, lean um, waste versus value, and how you know it's it's kind of everything, right? And so it's it's really fascinating to hear you speak about the work that you're doing, and so really appreciate it, and. Um, to our listeners out there, to our listeners, again, this is the Pop Health Show. This is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Uh, Dr. Xenophone, thank you again for being on the show and for making time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks so much.